You're listening to the B Fox and B Frank show. Um, we normally don't start with losers, and I won't really hear, but I just want to mention there may be no bigger loser in college basketball than Chris Holtman after Ohio State just had the biggest mm-hmm. dead cat bounce after firing a coach. Um, timed perfectly with the start to Purdue's February swoon um, that, that seems to be an annual basis right now. Um, so quick mention there. DePaul might be getting uh, Holtman, according to to rumors, in that they have spoken. So yeah, we, it's the it's the latest thing there. Um, in terms of actual winners, we have we have alluded to them. We've talked about them briefly, but Washington State is really just on a tear out west. Arizona still has been unable to really put the rest of the conference away, and now Washington State seven straight wins. Very nearly 12 straight wins, but they have an inexplicable loss at Cal in the midst of it. They've won 11 of 12. They are just a half game behind the Wildcats for the lead in the Pac-12. They are back into the top 25, checking in at 21st in the AP poll this week. Um, One of the the few times I will give credit to pollsters. Good job ranking (laughs) the Cougs. Um, And Kyle Smith doing an excellent job out there. Um, You know, very, very gifted analytical mind thought this was a great hire when he came over from San Francisco. It has taken several years to really get this built. I think kind of had Washington state as a sleeper team. The last couple of years, the PAC 12, it is a very, very, very tough place to win. Um, So finally coming together this year, would be great if Washington State could, uh, you know, keep this going and maybe get some help from Arizona and, and win the Pac-12 in its final year. But even if they don't, the fact that they're in this conversation at all is is remarkable and very impressive. They play great. Uh, and they are a team, like you mentioned, that we had kind of talked about in the periphery a lot because of, well, Washington State's hanging around. They're winning some games. It's really nice to see Kyle Smith succeeding. Uh, he, you know, He's a guy that you and I have, to quote Rothstein, bought stock in a long time ago and uh, are, are reaping the rewards at this point. But there was, there was that stretch in uh, December, January, where they lost to Santa Clara. They lost at Utah. They lost at Colorado. They did not play well in the mountain trip. And then they lost to Oregon. That was four of six. And since then, they have just been really rolling outside of that, like you said, Cal game that is hard to explain away. But Everything to play for still on the 22nd. They are at Arizona uh, and then a a fairly favorable close to the season uh, with three straight home games against USC, UCLA and and a Washington team that uh, they have already beaten uh, this season. It it is there for the taking. The Pac-12 is there for the taking. It would be great to see this Washington State team come away with the win in the final final year and final iteration of the conference. Especially, like we said, considering that that they were one of, uh, as we talked about in football season at least, they were one of two programs kind of left behind by the rest of the league. It would be great to see them be able to uh, celebrate this success. And Kyle Smith will be going back to the, the West Coast Conference, for now at least, as Washington State kind of goes there. But this is, looking at uh, the Pac-12 as it is this year, this is what good teams should be doing to the rest of the conference. Yes. Just beating everyone indiscriminately still a little disappointed that Arizona 
has been plagued by some inconsistency and some really head scratching losses um, kind of throughout the year. Washington State, at least, as you mentioned, stumbled early, but have been playing excellent basketball for a, a sustained stretch of time here. I, I mean, yeah. just good defensively, balanced offense led by Miles Rice, four players average in double figures. And this is a team that someone will no doubt take lightly as their first round NCAA opponents um, because, you know, there, there's a little buzz now that they are getting into the rankings, but I don't think to a man too many people are going to look out of the bracket, be like, oh, Washington State first round, that's going to be a tough game. So I, I think there's there's definitely an opportunity to surprise some people in March. Yeah, I mean, they're they're looking on bracket matrix right now at a nine seed. Um, granted, they are the top nine seed, but that is a horrible matchup for any number one overall team, uh, or excuse me, number one seed in a in a regional to uh, to get because there there are some susceptible ones. They they probably won't be put near Arizona, uh, or they can't be. Excuse me, they can't be put near Arizona. So that really leaves Purdue. We've seen uh, a struggle. In, in early rounds of the NCAA tournament, Connecticut, who just looks so good right now, and Houston, who is also a tough matchup. But those would be some really great second-round games, assuming, uh, one, they're in the 8-9 game, and two, they they win a game in the first round. Yeah, and it's going to be just, in general, a very fun tournament this year. I, I really hope. Um, you know, sometimes when we're expecting chaos, it doesn't necessarily come. But in terms of, you know, it's been UConn, hasn't been a lot of other dominant teams. Purdue is kind of in that conversation, except uh, for their most recent outing against Ohio State. But yeah, the the gap between one seeds and the rest of the field will not be nearly yeah. as big as uh, it normally is. So it's great for us, the fans. Um, mm-hmm. I, I my, my fear is, though, that, uh, I mean, they don't always play well against teams that they should be better than but i i'm very afraid that purdue is just going to get the easiest region <laughs> in the history of of college basketball so knock on wood that doesn't happen don't but, tell that to ant Wright. don't no. tell that to ant Wright. he uh is a firm believer that that is never the case no of course not these are i mean fairly dickinson almost won the whole thing last year they did <laughs> they were bounce they're away in, they were in the run-in um, all right, who who did you have as a big winner from last week? I have the team that did win it all last year, UConn. Okay. Yeah. Um, they, they've been absolutely dynamite since the opening game loss in the Big East to Seton Hall. Uh, still only their second blemish of the year. They've won 14 in a row and capped it off with a dominant, and I mean dominant, home win over previously number four Marquette, 81-53. This was... Top to bottom, start to finish, just an excellent performance from UConn. Uh, Danny Hurley is cementing himself as one of, if not the best coaches in the entire country. He has assembled such just a complimentary roster, so many different guys that can do uh, so many things. I was having the internal debate with myself of, is Klingon big or is he good? I think it, it is certainly both, but I think there's a lot more good than uh, he probably gets credit for. Caravan had seven points in this game. He is one of their leading scorers, one of their best shooters. They still win by 28. I mean, it is remarkable to see the balance and the ability that this team has uh, and really not looking forward to playing them in the uh, the rematch coming off of that loss in Newark at uh, up in Connecticut soon. 
Yeah, I mean, you you can have an off night from Caravan, you can have an off night from Castle, and you still win going mm-hmm. away against Marquette. That's, I mean, admittedly, we have not given UConn the flowers that they probably deserve this year, right? Because they they've just we we've almost taken them for granted at this point. They've they've been yeah as consistent as any team in the country. Um, you know, Danny Hurley next year is going to have to figure out a way to get the Big East schedule for UConn to start with their second game, so they can avoid that. That right. first game lost, they seem to love so much. Um, we'll take them again, first game. Yeah, I, <laughs> I know you're not complaining, but uh, <laughs> yeah, the, it's it's been a, a remarkable run, and you know we as we've talked about just kind of replacing the missing pieces from last year and and still playing at this high level is a credit to Danny Hurley. Uh, I mean, Cam Spencer is having so much more fun playing yeah. in an offense that can score and move the ball and not, not for Rutger. Yeah. It's yeah. just night and day. Um, and, and he's somebody who he's kind of always played with an edge. I, th- I think it's been turned up this year and, and not really having to be overshadowed and shenanigans by uh, Paul Mulcahy um, mm-hmm. who would do some less than stellar stuff, but he, he, he's a guy that I like out there and it's like, he is having fun playing basketball and it, it certainly makes sense when you consider his journey and, I mean, Tristan Newton um, earlier in the season was was really just. I mean, he's he's the career leader. We got in uh, triple doubles at uh, at UConn in the the storied history of that program, which is remarkable. And yeah, I mean, this is this is Klingon's opportunity to shine. You know, he obviously is buried behind Sonogo, a a very very good player. Um, He's had some struggles with injuries, but yeah, if he can if he can get a, a healthy run the rest of the season um you know they're they're really not asking him to do too much offensively any mm-hmm. anything any games they're getting from him like this on that end of the floor are outstanding um because that's that's not something that they are reliant on to win uh, right that's, that's not necessarily his role but yeah i mean i i was a little surprised um to see kind of marquette jump up in the polls as much as they did it's it's just kind of the attrition nationally that's happening more than anything else. But right. I mean, that's supposed to be the biggest competition in the big East for Yukon. And it, it looked anything, but yeah. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. And I think Spencer's a good, I think he, he's just able to play more free. He's not as uh, like pigeonholed into a role of you need to be a shooter. You kind of need yeah. to help dictate the offense when Paul Mulcahy, he goes and does his random shit that he does every single night. Um, and, and they're reaping the rewards of that. Like you said, he's having fun. I, I'm not a Cam Spencer fan necessarily. I don't dislike the guy. I just don't like him. And uh, he's, he's clearly a good player that is playing well and, and knows exactly his role for this team. Yes, he, uh, he has had some great games against Indiana. So I'm not, I'm not the biggest <laughs> fan either. I'm just, <laughs> that is my observation. Um, I've I've got uh, San Diego State. We got Mountain West team of the week. It's always got to be one. Um, yep. They they bounced back with uh, back to back wins over Colorado State and New Mexico last week. And Jaden Ladee is having one of the best seasons nationally that more and more people are starting to talk about. I've noticed. Um, but you know he is he's leading the Mountain West in scoring over twenty a game, twenty seven against Colorado State and, and Joel Scott, twenty three against New Mexico, and he is just the 
embodiment of a load down on the block. He is mm-hmm. such a jacked individual um, that has, has only gotten better um, the more his college career has progressed. Um, and I, I think it, it bodes well for a San Diego State team that did lose some scoring last year, and that's, that's partially what opened the door for him to have a, a bigger role in the offense. Um, you know, we, we've certainly seen less talented offensive teams from San Diego State. They're, this is not a, uh, a team that's offense is going to be its downfall necessarily. It could be, but it's, mm-hmm. they're, they're not struggling to score you know, 55, 60 points a night. Um, still very good defensively. Jaden Ledee taking the lead offensively, but does have some help around him. But he is just playing like an All-American so far this year. Yeah, he's been he's been really good, especially as the guard play has been, I wouldn't call it bad. I would call it dispersed. They have four guards that they can really rely on uh, night in, night out to, to play significant minutes and to kind of pick up the scoring when when someone else doesn't have it. But that is such a luxury to have a big body inside that you know can go out and get you 20 and 8 is what he's averaging this year. And that is just absurd because the way they play basketball, the style, the tempo, how strong they are defensively, that gets you significantly ahead of, of most teams night in and night out. Yeah. Matt Bradley was such a, a ball dominant guard uh, yeah. throughout his career. Certainly at San Diego State, he was kind of like the scorer. Um, he, he was. He was kind of pigeonholed into a role where, like, we're going to defend. We need you. You yeah. you have to score for us. Um, and now, yeah, the old now, London Brantis role. Yeah, now it's a little more dispersed. Uh, Reese Beekman a little bit this year. Yeah, um, yeah. He's he's finally getting a little help. Um, <laughs> yeah, but it's it's been uh, not quite as concerning on the offensive side um, this year. There's a mm-hmm. lot more talent around him. It's not just limited to to two or three guys and and Ladies clearly the the leader on that side yeah south florida yeah they deserve their shout uh we've talked about them a little bit in passing the win and the dominance over florida atlantic yes the game did get close at the end they did only win by four uh but this team has rattled off i think it's 13 12 12 straight wins excuse me um in league play they have looked the part of the the champ in in this conference and they are well on their way to doing exactly that they have a one game lead over charlotte in uh the american two games over florida atlantic and smu and and they have just really a road trip to charlotte left that that can be considered a a potential tripping point at excuse me home against smu will also be a tough game but with the way this team is playing chris youngblood is on another level this is very similar to what we saw him do uh, in the ncaa tournament last year to to give them some give excuse me kennesaw state some life uh but amir abdur rahim well 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 deserving of national coach of the year uh honors or at least the the opportunity to be in that conversation yeah, I mean, there there are parallels you can draw to the trajectory of Washington State season. Um, some some yeah. really bad losses early, two quad four losses in the non-conference out of the gate. Uh, Central Michigan and Maine also had a loss to Hofstra. Um, so this is a team that probably still needs to win the the conference tournament to, to feel yeah. safe. But the fact that they're even inching closer to that conversation of maybe just maybe being an at-large team. Um, I think they're too far gone, but 
stringing together so many wins like this, and it's it's definitely coach of the year worthy. I don't think it'll get enough attention nationally, um, but certainly it's a it's a slam dunk in the American this year. There's really only one option it can be, and yeah, the the final score on the one hand almost blew a massive lead, um, but yeah, they were dominating that game. Yeah, they were. They were playing outstanding basketball before Florida Atlantic made a furious rally um, to the point where even Dusty May was saying like he was proud of his team's effort. Um, mm-hmm. So that like South Florida still played well um, for the vast majority of that game. And yeah. yeah, like we we talked about what Chris Youngblood did last year with Kennesaw State. Love to see him get another shot in March. And yeah, now it's how can we hold on to our coach? Because you know, people are noticing, um, yeah. you know, Kennesaw state doesn't have a great basketball tradition. South Florida certainly does not. Um, so if he can do it here, he can do it at your school. Um, and athletic directors are, are going to be lining up sooner rather than later. But for now, that was, that was the game um, for Florida Atlantic to get back into the, the conference mm-hmm. title race. Now you have a two game lead. There are like, the Charlotte 49ers hate South Florida because we just don't even talk about them. Yeah. They're, they're 11 and two or whatever. And in, uh, in conference, they're having a, a great little season too, but yeah, this is uh, an, an outstanding season. And uh, you know, one that I, I don't think anyone really saw coming. Yeah. I mean, like you said, they'll probably have to win. Not probably. They will have to win the American tournament in order to get into the NCAA tournament. Even if they win, they are not going to be a 12 seed. They might be a 13, maybe even a 14, depending on where their numbers end up. Um, that would be a terrifying game yeah. for a higher seed to see. You don't want to be a three or a four seed that sees South Florida, who has you know wins over FAU, wins over Memphis, wins over a decent SMU team. Like that is that is a battle tested group, even if maybe they did struggle early in the year. Absolutely, yeah. That's. I mean, people might not be worried about Washington State as they should be. People will be very worried about South Florida because, you know, putting the cart before the horse here, but if they do make the tournament, they will be one of the hottest teams in America um, over the last two months. So you really never want to play a team that's on a hot streak like that. Uh, Last one for me, I've got uh, Kentucky. Yep. We, we saw some life. We saw some life defensively too, which is really the, the key point. Um, got a couple wins over Ole Miss and then the big one over Auburn um, where John Calipari was definitely feeling himself a little bit um, to go on the road in that environment, win by 11, hold Auburn, who has been consistently one of the better teams offensively um, for most of the year that has dropped in no small part because Kentucky was able to hold them to 59 points on their home court, four of 22 from three. It's like, so I've been saying Kentucky is good enough. Like the, the players are talented yeah. enough to do this. Um, so they just don't. Yeah. <laughs> at least not consistently. And that, that has been the frustrating part. Um, you, you have an embarrassment of riches on the roster. You like, We've talked about Dillingham coming off the bench and I think it was against Tennessee. He came off and scored 35 points. He came off the mm-hmm. bench and had another strong outing here. Like they are, they are talented enough to win a national championship. I don't think they necessarily have any interest in doing so, but 
then you have weeks like this, games like the one against Auburn. It's like, yeah, that's what we're talking about. That's like, what that, you could be. Yeah, every day. Like, <laughs> just bring that every night, or or like ninety percent of that. Um, and you know, we're we're having a, a very different conversation than kind of the the doom and gloom that the last couple of weeks has been. Because they're like realistically, I don't think they're going to have enough time to make a push for the SEC title. There's a log jam there and they're still, I believe two games back um, yeah. with a lot of traffic. They've, they've got games against Alabama and Tennessee still on the schedule, but you know, at least build towards something the end of the season. If you can get similar output to this again, more than capable of, of making a second or, or third weekend run um, in March. It's just, do you want to? Yeah. I mean, they controlled this game really from start to finish. I think Auburn led early for like a 4-2 lead or something, and then Kentucky ballooned it to 16. Held Auburn to 31% shooting, 18% from the uh, three. Really just, just took care of business. And like you said, when this team plays defense, they can be very, very good and very difficult to beat. The problem is they just don't do it, and they don't yeah. do it consistently. Um, so it is frustrating to see that, but it is also uh, encouraging to remember that they've got that in their bag. 100%. Uh, last team for me is just a quick shout out. Detroit Mercy has won a basketball game, folks. Our national nightmare is over. The Titans are 1-27 and now. They picked up an 81-66 to win at home against IUPUI, and one fan stormed the court. So that was yeah. uh, truly... Just a great moment for everyone. Yeah, that was a court storm of the year. That was yeah. that was electric. I mean, that's that's a fan who has no doubt watched every game, so they mm-hmm. they earned it. They did. Dick Vitale court will never be the same. Yeah, because that uh, that might be it for the year. It's, uh, <laughs> probably I think just that's the pretty one. safe. Everybody gets one, yep. except for Mississippi Valley State still yet. Still is, we'll hold out hope for the Delta Devils. Yeah. Uh, all right. So we've got some losers. Um, I will. I will start with South Carolina because they lost by forty to the <laughs> aforementioned Auburn Tigers. Yeah. Not only that, um, they might have lost Auburn twice because they came out the next week and lost or next game and lost to LSU in a game where they were up by 16 points um, before they let that get away. Um, mm-hmm. Really not much you can say about the Auburn game. They were just dominated in every facet of the game. Um, I mean, Auburn just consistently sped them up, forced them into you know, just playing one-on-one, not really moving the ball, five assists for the entire game against 18 turnovers, really, really tells you the story there. And uh mm-hmm. LSU is a bad basketball team. So it's it's bad timing to basically double your loss total for the season, especially in the way that they did. Yeah, there there is not much to say. This was just a, a bad week that you hope, if you're a South Carolina fan or South Carolina in general, you just hope it's a blip. Uh, at, you know, College basketball is a long season. This is bound to happen to teams. Like we mentioned, really – they, they hadn't had anything like this. They did have the two losses in three games uh, sandwiched around the Missouri win, but 
it will be very telling how they respond uh, this this upcoming weekend as they have uh, some some time off before a trip to Ole Miss because this could spiral a bit. They do have a a fairly difficult close to the year. All teams that are bubble or in the NCAA tournament field right now, three of them on the road in the two home games are Florida, who is playing pretty well right now and back in the t- or excuse me and in the top twenty five. And then Tennessee, who who obviously is a a very good basketball team. I've been saying this. Yeah. Who do you have as a loser? St. John's. It's got to yeah. be St. John's. Uh, yeah. More more pointedly, Rick Pitino. Um, there there's so much to say about our dear Slick Rick, but I think the biggest thing to me is just the throwing the players under the bus is difficult especially in this era of uh as he sometimes calls it free agency basically blaming the roster that he constructed for losing games when he does nothing to change anything it was brought up uh, i don't know if it was a tweet or in a chat but someone mentioned rick patino rips his team for not being laterally quick but then presses seton hall for 40 minutes and is surprised when they get beat down the floor it's like yeah, Rick, that's what happens when teams are slow. This is this is something that you as a Hall of Fame coach should understand and should be able to change on the fly. Uh, it is it is a, a mixture of both the, the coach and the team. They have had leads against UConn at halftime and lost. They had a lead against Marquette by nine at halftime and lost. They were leading Providence on the road by five and lost. And then in this game, they had a 19-point first half lead it, or it, it was cut down to tw- uh, 12, excuse me, at the half, and they lost this one by six. Really could have lost by double digits with how poorly they were playing. Um, it the, the most telling thing is that it seemed like once St. John's got punched, they they did not have any fight back in them. Uh, and for a team with, with so many talented players, it is just shocking to see uh, this sort of collapse and, and just overall how poorly they've played. Yeah, I, I mean, it, he didn't so much throw his team under the bus as much as he also climbed in and drove it over them. Yeah, uh, it was it was rough, eh? and no doubt he had probably heard somehow Tyler Kolick's barbecue chicken comments, and and that's been sticking with him for a little bit. Yeah, um, but the, I mean, this is something that's kind of been a problem. For a lot of the year, really out of the gate, he was very unhappy with his team's defensive performance. There was some improvement, and now we're kind of reverting back to the the mean again. And yeah, it it rings a little hollow when outside of Soriano, he picked this entire roster. Um, yeah. It's not like, oh my God, the cupboard was so bare when I got here. Like we're backtracking now. Yeah, I I grant you. Like it is difficult to create a completely new roster and expect everyone to vibe together, but that's what you did. Um, it also like comes they, with the territory of being the guy preseason that says in four years we're going to compete for national championships. Like, yeah, you are setting expectations way too high, way too fast, and yeah, you can like you said build a roster overnight, but. Continuity matters. Getting guys to understand your system matters. You are 
most notably known as a player development coach. Like Donovan Mitchell was not that big a guy or that great a basketball player when he came to Louisville. Rick Pitino turned him into a lottery pick that is an NBA all-star. Like that's what Rick Pitino does. It's not let's turn the roster over year in, year out and just get the most talented guys and throw the ball out there. Yeah. I mean, there. if you want a continuity, there were guys you could have yeah. kept, but that you chose to run off. So, I mean, it's, he, he made his bed, so to speak. Um, but yeah, I, I know you are you are not shedding any tears for the demise of St. John's this year. No, and and really, I could have been. I would have felt bad last year. I felt bad. I and I, I mentioned this uh, earlier on a, on a different show, but I was I felt bad for St. John's in the Mike Anderson era. Like they were talented but uncompetitive he looked disinterested all that we we talked about it for a while that it just seemed like a, a forced fit uh for a guy that really did not fit in with new york or the northeast then you get rick patino and then all of a sudden the fan base starts mouthing off before they'd even played a single game and that is where i lose all sympathy for you it, it was it could have been such a great story i cheer for the big east i i like all the big east teams i cheer for them when they are not playing seton hall and I cheer for whatever is in Seton Hall's best interest during conference play. Don't care what happens with St. John's. If they lose every game the rest of the season, oh, well, so be it. It would be hysterical, though, to fire Mike Anderson, a man who's never had a losing season, hire Rick Pitino and, and have a losing season. That would be just chef's kiss. That would be difficult. Um, it is going to be very difficult, but... Three of their last five are against Georgetown or DePaul. Um, yeah. But hey, never say never. Mm -hmm. uh, I will tell you one thing, though. Like, poor timing because they've just been playing the best teams in the Big East. So, on a, yeah. a rougher stretch. But you know who's having more fun than anyone on St. John's? Pache Alexander with Butler. Yeah. I can tell you that much for sure. Um, He's loving life. That amount of doing things um, when they're not playing UConn, Marquette, or Creighton. Mm hmm. Uh, my last one, just every time we think that they've found as low as they can go, Memphis breaks new ground. And for that, I appreciate Penny um, just more than anything. Um, there is one thing that North Texas is known for above everything else. They can shoot threes. They are the best three-point shooting team in the American. <clears throat> Memphis did not even attempts to run them off the three-point line. They hit 16 threes in that game compared to shooting eight for 26 inside the arc. Comfortable double-digit win. And then just yesterday, an absolute beatdown at the hands of SMU. And this is a speed run the likes of which we have never seen from top 10 Memphis to must win the conference tournament or you are not sniffing March Madness, which is where yeah. Memphis currently is. Um, all the bravado in the preseason was about, um, you know, FAU's coming to, to take over the American. Houston is gone. Memphis isn't going to go down without a fight. Um, credit to Charlotte and credit to South Florida, but Memphis has absolutely gone down without much of a fight. Um, and again, it's just David Jones had such a, a strong start to the year, Javon Quinterly as well. But some of these defensive lapses um, in these games are 
really hard to defend, so I'm not even going to try, but I'm just going to point out that they're real and they're spectacular. The best part of this is that an SMU fan on Twitter was like, we can't even really celebrate this win because it's only a quad three win. That is how bad (laughs) Memphis is right now, that they have gone from top 10 team to if we beat you at home, it actually doesn't do much for us. Like they they needed to blow them out, which they obviously did. uh, And that helps. But it it was not nearly enough to to actually give SMU a resume win. Before uh, before UConn went on a tear and before they ranked number one, um, a lot of their fans were lamenting the neutral site win over Indiana for the same reason. Mm-hmm. It just hurt me every time. <laughs> uh, but it's like, yeah, no, I, I get it, guys. We're incredibly bad. painful moment. Yeah. <laughs> um, I am. I have to throw Purdue on there. Yeah, I'm amazed you didn't do it. Uh, I, big I've you. I've been very fair. I, I called. Kentucky a winner. Yeah, you did. You're right. Um, Purdue, though. You you cannot... You you were running away with the Big Ten. Uh, Big Ten title. I mean, I, I still think they're going to win it. Illinois looks completely disinterested in winning the Big Ten. They look like they're more interested in trying to dunk on people on Twitter than, than basketball at this point. Uh, but you lose to Ohio State. A team that is deader than dead. Their head coach is literally gone. They're playing with an interim head coach, which some folks on Twitter have said is actually an advantage, which is just the most insane thing I've ever heard. Uh, But you are supposed to be a national title contender earlier that day. Excuse me, the the day before uh, you were picked as the number one overall seed in the NCAA tournament early reveal. And you go out and lay this egg at Ohio State. Uh, Again, bad, bad Ohio State team. 14 turnovers. Zach Eady had six of them. He somehow only managed 11 shots, uh, and you shoot three of nine from three. It's just all bad. You can't lose to Ohio State. You can't be a team with serious national title hopes and and lose to Ohio State, especially at this point in the season. Yeah, uh, Zach Eady was stuffed at the rim by a guy he is almost a foot taller than in Mm -hmm. uh, Evan Mahaffey, so that was hilarious. and realistically should have lost at home to Minnesota in the game before. They were yeah. very fortunate to get out of that one alive. Um, there was, a, as there always is, a lot of discourse around the, the foul situation, the free throw numbers. Not going to get into that outside of just mentioning that that is a conversation that happens. Um, right. Yeah. I, this is this is what's happened the last couple of years. There, there have been some stumbles in in February as, um, you know, some, some things to worry about grow more and more concerning. Um, you know, there was no outside shooting outside of Lance Jones and outside of that, Lance Jones didn't really give them anything else in this Mm -hmm. game. And that's, that's been the biggest difference from last year is guard play. Um, Lance Jones has been a godsend for much of the year. Braden Smith, Fletcher lawyer have, understandably improved from where they were as freshmen. Um, but just anytime they lose, you know that there was some kind of catastrophe in the backcourt. And this mm-hmm. game, it was Braden Smith was okay, but Fletcher lawyer, Lance Jones combined to go four for 18 from the floor. And that's just last year. Those games were pretty much all Braden Smith's like, you know, anytime these guys go up against, 
a, a group of athletic guards um, similar to the kind that Ohio State have, there there's going to struggle. There going yeah. to be struggles, and a lot of times it was also with pressure last year. We'll see kind of what happens in the NCAA tournament. Um, I this is putting the cart before the horse, but I'm thinking like if Purdue has a second round game um, that, you know, on a quick turnaround, some coach might be really, that's what I, that's what I'm saying. Like uh, it's the big assumption, but um, so somebody might be able to, to really cook something up that, that could give them problems. Um, it's not, I mean, it's a big time schedule, so it's not really a difficult schedule to end the year. Um, yeah. So I, I, I don't think we'll see swoons to the degree that we have in, in other Februaries. Um, the last three games of the year are all losable, but Michigan state is not what we thought. Wisconsin kind of is what we thought, but they took a yeah. while to get there. Um, the, it'll really be interesting to see what happens against Rutger because Rutger is historically not good, but has given Purdue a lot of trouble um, and was nearly able to sneak an upset win um, over them at the Grindhouse earlier this year. Um, they've won at Mackey before, who knows? Yeah. But yeah, this is this is something Matt Painter is is no doubt addressing already. It's like, guys, we we just did this last season. Like we can't we can't start to have the wheels come off now in, in February after we've been playing so well for most of the year. Yeah. Yeah. Um Indiana State's the last team that I'm yeah. it's a real shame. Uh, we are uh, cheering for Indiana State. They lost in the Battle of ISUs to Illinois State by double digits. This is unfortunately not a good Illinois State team. Uh, and then lose on the road at Southern Illinois um, in a in a tighter game than than the Illinois State game. But yeah, this was just a game where down the stretch, Indiana state, both games, really Indiana state did not have it down the stretch, uh, and, and ended up losing turnovers an issue against Southern Illinois. They had 16 and, uh, Illinois state. They just did not shoot the ball. Well, overall, the Redbirds were hot from the field. Yeah. Like Southern Illinois was the one game on Indiana state's schedule remaining that I thought like maybe they could use. We talked about it last week. Like they're mostly playing, Teams far down in the standings, Illinois State was one of them, and that that did not matter. So now we find ourselves, Indiana State is tied with Drake, um, and any of the the good grace that they had no doubt built up um, as a potential at large is going to be a much tougher conversation. There's still a path. There is still yeah. a path for sure, but the, the margin for error has all but disappeared. Um, and right. Yeah. I, I don't know. That was, that was just very unfortunate timing. Um, and I hated to see it. It was tough, uh, but now they got to bounce back. Do you have any more losers? I was, I was all. done with Memphis. All right. Well, yeah, we are, we are hoping that Indiana state turns it around because I would like to see them in March Madness. If we can get them and Drake in the field, I would not, have a huge problem with that. Uh, we've seen mm -hmm. what Tucker DeVries can do, and he's a lot of fun. Just got to give Robbie Avila that same opportunity, really. Um, yeah. So, yeah, um, we'll, we'll see what happens this week, and we'll be back next time to discuss it. So we'll see you then.